The Sloppy Sorting Hat is a podcast that includes adult language and content, as well as spoilers from your favorite TV shows, movies, and books. It is also a zero-budget production that may sometimes have weird audio quirks. You have been warned, and this is your last warning. It's the Sloppy Sorting Hat. Welcome to the Sloppy Sorting Hat. This is a podcast where we sort characters from our favorite movies, books, and TV shows, but because the hat and we are a little sloppy, we will most likely get it wrong. Oh, I'm Amanda. <laughs> I'm Danny, and I'm the strong one. I'm not nervous. I'm as tough as the crust of the earth is. Oh. And I'm Mish. So we've got... <laughs> Danny, the overachiever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we got games, and we're going to sort some characters, but let's be real. You're all here for the song parody. So let's go through the rest so we can get to the best. And capital. We're sorting the family Montreal. But first, we need to get sloppy. Ready, Fred? Ready, George. Bottoms up. So, for this segment, I conjured up a cocktail that I do actually enjoy because I've already been drinking it. It's pretty fun. Um, I've named it the Forbidden Potion because I didn't know what to name it. It sounded cool. Um, And this is a cocktail that that Professor Snape made in order to tolerate those know-it-all students. So... It is a mixture of vodka, pomegranate cranberry juice, a splash of Sprite, a splash of lemon and lime juice garnished with a lime wedge. Guys, this is just stuff I had laying around the house. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds fancy. I'll send a picture because that's the fun part for me. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially with your new phone. Yes. Got a new phone. Love it. No longer has a crack in the camera screen. Oh, it looks yummy. Basically just looks like a glass of red wine with a lime on it, honestly. Yeah, I like the books in it and the lights at the top made the picture look cool. It looks perfect. um, I like it. It's good. It tastes like a vodka cranberry, honestly, which kind of tastes like college, which is kind of making me gag a little bit, but I'll get through it. For the podcast. <laughs> For the podcast. For the podcast. <laughs> Mish, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking um, something called the long drink. Uh, this is the cranberry long drink. So I figured since uh, Encanto is really about the sort of the legacy um, of the family Madrigal, that uh, I would drink something that kind of connects to our family legacy, the family Plosila. Or, you know, as everybody but Uncle Walt says, Plosula. Uh, <laughs> our family is Finnish, and this is a classic Finnish drink, um, which just is basically like a bunch of stuff that they shoved into. It basically is like jungle juice. It's like Finnish jungle juice. So like when they had the Olympics in 1952, they were worried they were going to run out of alcohol. And so they mixed a bunch of alcohols together and then they sold it. And that's the long drink. And this is one where they put some cranberry in it too. Oh, fun. Thank you for the history lesson. Yeah, that's kind of cool. It is like the jungle juice of Finland. Yeah, basically. Cool. (laughs) Kind of cool. How's it taste? Oh, I guess I should. Uh, I mean, it tastes great. I love a long. I love the long drink. It's very tasty, and I also really love cranberry. So combining them together is uh, very good. Um, so yeah, cheers, Danny. What are you drinking? I am drinking the Stone FML Fear Movie Lions. Um, hmm. This what? movie doesn't have a lion, <laughs> but does have a tiger, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are thinking FML throughout at least the first half, maybe three-fourths of the movie. So um, I thought it was good enough. It, and it's 8.5%, so that's nice. Ooh, that is nice. Ooh. That's like a good That's a good percentage right there. It's a great percentage. Yeah. You know, it's like better, like five like Two drinks in one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what's a, like, I have this beer that's 11%, and it is insane. It's that Hop and Frog beer, Danny, that you got me. God. Oh, yeah. Sounds rough. great. <laughs> it is it's good but it's it's high you know <laughs> well while we get sloppy let's play amortentia rictusempra jinx amortentia rictusempra jinx uh it's been a while since we've done any of these podcasts so for like the few of you who are still listening to us just a reminder this is basically like fuck mary kill but like with harry potter words so <laughs> 
in honor of a fa- um, in honor of family weirdos who sometimes just get ba- a bad rap, uh, let's do a few family misfits from the HP universe. So we're gonna do uh, for this game, Percy Weasley, Sirius Black, and the Andromeda Tonks, formerly Andromeda Black. So also man, what Andromeda? Oh yeah, Andromeda. Sorry, I always pronounce that incorrectly. Um, <laughs> On purpose. And, uh... <laughs> and tr- no, I legitimately forget how to pronounce Andromeda whenever I see it on the page. Andromeda Tonks. Uh, so Sirius is, Black and Percy Weasley. Is Andromeda um, Tonks Nymphadora her mom? Yeah. So okay. she's uh, she is Bellatrix and uh, Narcissa's sister. Oh, right, right. Okay. And she marries Ted Tonks and kind of like leaves the Black family. And then, of course, I mean, you know, your babe Sirius. Yeah. And Percy. So I thought these were kind of like misfits in their own families. Yeah, love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Samantha, what do you think? Okay. I am going to jinx Percy. Um, because if I remember correctly, Percy's just kind of lame. I, you know, and he's supposed to be like, because yeah. he's a misfit, right? Because the rest of the Weasleys are awesome. So yeah, I'm going to jinx him because psh, I like the rest of the Weasleys better in this case. Um, Sirius, love Sirius. I'm going to Amrotentia Sirius because he also can turn into a dog. Is it a yeah. dog? Or yeah. is it a wolf? Guys, I need to reread Harry Potter. Your boy, Ray- your boy Ramus is the one who turns into a wolf. Oh, that's it. Werewolf. <laughs> he turns into a dog, and I also love dogs. And I love Sirius. You all know he's my favorite. Seriously? Um, <laughs> and then I'm going to Rick Dasempra Andromeda. I don't know much about her, but it seems like she wants to be tickled. She does like to laugh, because I, I, I think that's kind of one of the things is Ted Tonks is supposed to be funny. Yeah, I feel like <clears throat> she's way funnier than Narcissa and Bellatrix, so yeah. might as well just tickle her. Make her even more funny. Make her laugh. <laughs> yeah, tickle her. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Dan? Um, I think I'm going to also jinx Percy for similar reasons. He's just kind of uh, lame, and he's kind of a jerk. And I don't like that. So he mm-hmm. deserves the jinx. Um, I'm going to Rick Sempra serious because he seems uh, like he could get a little freaky. He's seen some things, been with some dementors, you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Things like that. The veil seems like all good experiences for Rick Sempra. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to Amortentia Andromeda. I don't really have a good reason, but if I did, you'd be like, ooh, that's a good reason. <laughs> <laughs> We'll leave it Ooh. for the imagination. Ooh, that's a good reason. <laughs> All right. I am going to jinx Andromeda talks. Did I say it right? Yeah. Andromeda. Andromeda, because <laughs> um, I think it's really messed up she names her kid Nymphadora. It sounds like nymphomaniac. <laughs> Only you're thinking <laughs> that. Don't so call me Nymphadora. I'm gonna Rick to Sempra serious for many of the same reasons as Danny. So and you know, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I'm gonna Amortentia Percy Weasley because uh that money baby. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's the one who kind of like is in the Weasley family who's definitely gonna be successful and make money. Wow. Didn't know you were in it for the money, Mish. Somebody let Jim know. <laughs> That's why I married Jim. <laughs> and that didn't turn out. 100% how I thought it would, but, but you know, now I'm with him. <laughs> That's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> I was just wondering if Andromeda was um, uh, metamorphomagus, but according to Google, she is not. Mm. Huh. But it oh, is inherited, so that's weird. I was going to say maybe I would change my answers if she was, because, you know, that's fun, but yeah, oh, so you would you would Rick to Sempra her? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the magic is strong, and so are the drinks. Let's sort. When I call your name, you will come forth. I shall place a sorting hat on your head, and you will be sorted into your houses. I'll go first. So I'm going to do a quick sort of Felix, uh, Peppa's husband, and. Uh, Augustin, <laughs> Augustin. Does anyone know how to pronounce that? Augustin. I, I think it's August. Augustine. 
Augustine. Augustine. Oh, I like that. So Felix and Augustine are both Slytherins. They saw a family with power and magical powers and did what they had to to join the family Madrigal. They even took their ladies' last names so they could be Madrigals, which is really fun and also, you know, just a little power hungry. Augustine is clearly attracted to Julieta's power, and as the resourceful Slytherin he is, he is continuously accident prone, getting stung by bees, hammering his thumb, tripping over his own two feet so he can watch his lady do her magic. Uh, it's also a little manipulative, if you ask me. Mm. And and then Felix, on the other hand, is very clever. I mean, you have to be when your wife has constant mood swings. He may not have a superpower, but he is able to calm down Peppa and restore the weather with his quick thinking and clever bits. Peppa and weather. <laughs> and now, nailed that. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that they're Southern for joining the uh, family Madrigal. Yeah, for sure. I love that they took the the la- the magic girl last name. Love yeah. it. So, um, I'm up next, and I'm starting Mariano. And actually, uh, you know, you so Mariano says at some point near the end of the movie that he just has so much love inside, right? So you'd think he's a Hufflepuff, but I'm actually going to go along a similar vein as you, Danny. I'm going to start him into Slytherin as well, uh, because he is an opportunist gold digger. Uh, he wants to, he just he'll marry Isabella, Dolores, whoever, as long as he can latch on to that powerful Madrigal family. Yeah, that's very true. I, d- I didn't look at it like that, Mish. Thanks. I thought he was a cute guy, sweet, just wants to love because he loves love. <laughs> nah, I agree with you. Also, he wants five kids. That's too many kids. Yeah, he knows they're all going to be magical. Yeah, that's very ambitious. Oh, I, for- I forgot they'd be magical, but you know, still five. What yeah. are his true intentions, guys? He wants to consolidate power and separate from Abuela and take over the Madrigal family. I mean, okay. <laughs> I'd get behind that. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Create the powerful Guzman branch of the Madrigal family. <laughs> Is that his last name? Yeah. Well, he'll probably take the Madrigal last name. No, I told you he's consolidating power. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. So I guess he has to change his name to do that. No, he doesn't have to change his. Right. <laughs> she has he to change keep hers. his. <laughs> All right. I'm up next, and I'm sorting Peppa. She is the daughter of Abuela, mid triplet, and is the definition of wearing her emotions on her sleeve. <laughs> mid triplet. <laughs> Well, they always say that, that she's the mid, mid one. Do they say that? I, I think, think so. They said that in the movie. There's a mid triplet. She does seem like the mid triplet. She's definitely, okay, maybe they don't say it, but it seems like she's the mid triplet, right? Bruno yeah. being the youngest. Juliet, is her name Juliet? Julieta. Julieta being the oldest. And then Peppa, mid. Yeah, that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, she's mid. No cat, she's the mid triplet. <laughs> So her magic power is to control the weather, but can she really control it? Because what I think is that she can't, and I would get very annoyed if I were near Peppa and I just wanted to enjoy a nice sunny, warm day. And she like hits her funny bone on the corner of a wall and she gets mad and a tornado happened because (laughs) that's what would happen with Peppa. She's very easily influenced, um, and she's also easily triggered, like when Bruno said it's going to rain on her wedding day, which literally caused it to rain on her wedding day. I don't understand how she hasn't figured this out yet. Mm. I know she says clear skies all the time, but it doesn't work most of the time. Clear skies. Um, clear skies. Clear skies, clear skies. Clear skies. Um, she rubs she... her, like, braid. <laughs> She is temperamental, but also empathetic at the same time. So I think she would belong to Slytherin, but I'm open for opinions because I was kind of struggling with this one to put her into a house. What do you guys think? Slytherin? Because she's very well, when temperamental. When you were talking about wearing emotions on their sleeve, I thought you were going to go with Gryffindor. So I thought Gryffindor, but she's not really that brave. Yeah, she but I mean, that she, rainbow. Her... she what? She made that rainbow. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. that she's very emotional, which we would typically kind of give to Gryffindor to be like, can, she can be a little reckless. 
Yeah, that's true. We can change to Gryffindor. Okay. I think she's a grit slithen. Wait. Whatever. Are there any I don't I feel like that that mashup doesn't ring a bell. Like yeah. well, Harry, Harry Lindor or a Griffin cloth. No, there's just not no, that would be Ravenclaw man. Yeah. <laughs> Slytherin cloth. Slytherin. Oh, I I thought you were saying Griffin cloth, sorry. You know, I was trying to figure out what Gryffindor and Slytherin was together because I guess there's not a lot of people that say that. Griffin Lynn. <laughs> That's it. All right, we'll put her in Gryffindor. Okay. Yeah, we'll put her in Gryffindor because, you know, she's she's emotional. Yes. Yeah. Gryffindor is always emotional. Yeah. But we sort them into the wrong house, so it really doesn't matter. I couldn't what? even think of a wrong house for her. <laughs> couldn't think of a right house. <laughs> First, I needed to think of her right house, and I couldn't even do that, so I was lost, guys. All right, we're going to keep her as a Gryffindor, and okay, I'm going to move yep. on to Julieta. And Julieta, the mother of Mirabelle, she heals people with food. She is an angel and a bit of a chemist, and chemists like potions, and potions are one of Snape's favorite things. Oh. So she's also a Slytherin. <laughs> Everybody's a Slytherin today. Oh, man. Um, she was dismissive and a bit condescending when Mirabelle was trying to tell her about Casita dying. Like, get a grip, lady. She's not making this up. And in order to make magical healing food, I assume you had to be resourceful. I'm not really sure, though, but it seems right. And But I have a question. What if her cooking is, like, really bad, but it would heal you? Would you still eat it? Yes. Would anyone tell her she's a crappy cook? Oh, I don't know. I mean, maybe not, because it's like you're still getting healed. So, but I mean, after this many years of her cooking and healing people, like you think someone would have spit out like an epinata or something, and like, damn, girl, this tastes like shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I would tell her, but I would be like, thanks for healing me. Yeah. Yeah, you know, like if this doesn't taste good, you might want to work on the recipe. But like, thanks for healing me. <laughs> I just think it would be really funny if all of her cookie was really bad. I know that would be really going funny. to her anyway, <laughs> because you know it's easy way to get healed. Yeah, people go to her and they get the food, and they're like, "Thank you so much, Juliana." Like, they go out the back door, and then there's someone waiting there with some hot sauce. <laughs> put it on there. <laughs> Or they're just like holding their noses and choking it down. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god, that would. Or like I have a chaser nearby. That would be terrible. <laughs> but I mean, I think yeah, she seems like she has to be resourceful and and all that, so it makes sense as a sorting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree with that. So next up, I have Camilo, uh, and uh, he's pretty crafty, right? You know, he can basically shape shift. So he knows how to use his gift to get what he wants, like pretending he's Dolores so he can get more food. But wait, let's back up a second. Why did he pretend to be her? To get more food. (laughs) Obviously a Hufflepuff move. Okay? And if you look really closely at him, I think he's a classic Hufflepuff, right? He comforts his mom when she's feeling anxious and she's not very clear skies. Uh, he makes his little bro laugh when he's nervous about to go get his, find out if he's going to have his magic or not. Uh, he mostly uses his gift to help others, like he, you know, helping to put the banner up at the party or watching the baby for the tired mama so she can get a break. Um, so basically, he's kind, funny, and he loves to chow down. So like Mirabelle says in her intro song, Camila won't stop until he makes you smile. Hufflepuff. Aww. Aww. Yeah. I know. He's adorable. What a good yeah. guy. And he seems to get along with his family, which is really nice. And I like that he he has some pranks because we know Hufflepuffs are funny. So, you know, he's a little exactly. pranks. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to see more of him. He was like, I can't say he was my favorite character because there wasn't a whole lot of him. But I, I liked him a lot. And I was like, I wish we saw more of him in the movie. Oh, yeah. I love when he um, mimics his dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his dad's like, I don't sound like that. I don't sound like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a good character. I wonder if the next movie will be more on their family. Are they doing another movie? 
Uh, I think it's still just like wishful thinking, but I assume oh, they okay. will eventually. I mean, I mean it was really popular. popular. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it just won a bunch of Grammys. We're really timely with this uh, podcast because the other day they won three. Ooh. Like two days ago. Oh. Are they up for any Oscars? Probably. Yeah, they were last year. I don't know oh, okay. why the cycles are different, apparently. Yeah. But. Yeah, he's a cool. He's a cool dude. I liked at the end when they're the house tears down and they're like, "We got to go home." And he's like, "Well, the house is gone. Where are we gonna go?" Like, still even at that very vulnerable state, adding in a comedic relief. It's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, onward to Antonio. Um, so this little guy has the coolest gift ever. Yeah, he does. To animals, <laughs> which is uh bomb.com super cool <laughs> want this gift definitely want this gift so but i think this means that antonio can technically talk to snakes so i guess he's gonna be in slytherin because of that <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> yeah everyone who talks to snakes is in slytherin right yeah voldemort harry everybody <laughs> yep every well, salazar slytherin person. salazar slytherin everyone we didn't actually see him talk to a snake in the movie, but we can assume, right? We can oh, assume. Oh, for sure. He definitely talks to snakes, yeah. <laughs> so other Slytherin traits. Um, selfishly forcing Maribel to walk up the stairs with him to get his magic, even though it's clearly causing her PTSD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, showing how resourceful he is by allowing Maribel and Bruno to use his room for Bruno to have a vision. So nice of him. Just showing then- up his big-ass room. He also shows he's ambitious by being able to gain trust with all the animals and getting them to do what he wants. So, he's in Slytherin. But in all serious, I do just want to say he is so cute. Love his gift. And I really liked him in the movie. Because I know that I said some not great things. I know that, like, he just wants company walking up the stairs. He's scared. And, you know, he sees Mirabelle as, like, a mentor. And No, he's Mirabelle. selfish. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know. Also a little bit selfish, right? I do like, like how old is he? he? Like five? He doesn't know. Yeah, he's five. It's wild that the family puts that kind of responsibility on the kids when they turn five. Here's your here's your special magic that will help the family of the town. Imagine Leo, like you, you know, you're like, hey, here's your magic. Make sure you find a way to help the family with it. It's a lot of pressure. He's a little kid, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Don't worry, we'll talk about Abuela coming up, guys. Pressure like a drip, drip, drip. Damn. Um, I liked when he found Bruno and Mirabelle in the like walls, and he was like, um, "You can use my room." And then he made sure that his tiger didn't eat those rats. Yeah, like, don't eat those. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he refers to the rats as those. The tiger yeah, seems really so cute. sad. We haven't seen a tiger this nice since Raja. That's true. And that tiger is yeah. dope. I wish and- that I had a pet tiger. We'll probably never will again. Probably not. Until Encanto 2. All right, so I'm up next with Dolores. Um, some people say Dolores has super hearing. I say she's a super eavesdropper. And oh. Dolores is a Gryffindor. Oh. It's not her fault. She can hear everyone's secrets. But she's always telling those secrets as fast as she can. Reckless. Except that one secret about knowing Bruno was still in the house very considerate to Bruno's situation, kind of chivalrous. She has a huge crush on Mariano, who is desperately trying to marry Isabella, and so she is risky and frisky. <laughs> Plus, she's always wearing that pretty scarlet headband, so Gryffindor for her. Oh, yeah, that's good. House colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think her. her dress is yellow, too, so. I'll yeah. definitely take her into my house. I like Dolores. <laughs> I haven't heard that joke in a while. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> She's always getting into everyone's business. Seems like a Gryffindor thing to me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely a Gryffindor thing. I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She's also just like really quiet most of the time. I like that she's like half whispering anytime she talks. It's kind of fun. Yeah, it's an interesting disposition with like her powers to hear. So she's like obviously the the type of person who um you know they'll say like they don't they don't talk much they they mostly listen but when they do talk they have something really important to say like i feel like she's wise beyond her years yeah like she seems like maybe the wisest person in the family it's gonna be rough on her though to like always hear everything going on god it's gotta like suck well i mean honestly like 
all of these powers kind of suck, right? No, the talking animals is really cool. <laughs> except for Antonia. And that's the thing is, I saw a theory that, like, Mirabelle not getting magic kind of broke the curse of the powers being, like, only, like, for the family. And he got one that's actually, like, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah that's cool. Because up until him, everybody seems like as much of a burden as it is, like, you know, something for them. Um... So and I don't know if this is a re- this is like real or not, but I saw that theory online. That, like, I don't really understand Isabella's though. She just makes well, flowers. plant magic is really cool, but she only used it for flowers until I know. later in the movie. But um, that's true. That one's yeah. actually in a in. I don't know if you guys remember the movie Sky High, but one yes. of the one of the characters has like plant magic, and she ends up being really cool. So I mean, there's a lot you can do with plants. So. I think that she, uh, for whatever reason, is, is just using it for like floral arrangements for various parties. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, this yeah. Encanto, like the Encanto, you know, in, inside the mountain range or whatever, isn't like dealing with, you know, big bads all the time. So, right. <laughs> the the magic doesn't... is really just like supposed to be helpful. And right. I mean, I think it is helpful to uh, create plants out of nowhere even though she seems to only use it for like pretty flowers but yeah but that's that's kind of like everybody up until antonio has their magic serves the family and, and the encanto and then his is just like he gets to talk to animals which is super fun yeah right? so yeah. he's lucky i mean camilo's is pretty fun but yeah. it's fun only, but yeah they only use it to be like oh i need another one of these people that's tall yeah right he finds some fun uses for it yeah like, he does you know where he like turns into Mariano to mess with Isabella. <laughs> Your boyfriend's here, and he like turns. Yeah, he, so he finds ways to be to have fun with it. But um, uh, Antonio, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, that's really fun for him, and can't really figure out how it's that helpful. For, yeah, but for <laughs> Dolores, I feel like definitely just having the burden of hearing everything that's going. She could hear for miles and miles. Like that's to be really yeah. difficult. Yeah, how can that be fun? I don't I don't know how to even make it fun. She but she manages to to make it work. Yeah. She can use it as like a manipulative thing, like I know your secret. You gotta do yeah. what I want. And that's yeah. not very helpful. Just but that's much for her. I don't know if she does that all in the movie, but maybe that's what I would do. <laughs> she doesn't do it in the movie, but, but probably know. outside the movie she does. <laughs> We're gonna assume she does. Okay. Yeah. We're just gonna assume it. To make cute Camilo and and Antonio do their stuff. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, I am sorting Hernando, who is scared of nothing and very clearly a Gryffindor. <laughs> I thought you were sorting Bruno. <laughs> hey, what about? No, what no, about no. Jorge? We don't talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> Who's <Aww. next? laughs> What about Jorge? He does the spackle. He just, yeah, Jorge does a spackle. <laughs> and Nando's scared of nothing. And that's, and then that's, how, that's how I'm starting. Okay, well, I'm going to slither in. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, great time to slither in. Slither in. Slither in. <laughs> oh, that was even better. <laughs> it's a white claw for Antonio and all of his clawed friends. Oh. All right, me. Um, go on right. with Hernando, Jorge, and Bruno. Yeah, her- Hernando, Jorge, and just kidding, of course, I'm sorting Bruno. But like Hernando, he's definitely a Gryffindor. Uh, he pieces out of his family entirely, hides away in the walls, only rats are friends, and extremely superstitious and scared all the time, always knocking on wood and tossing salt and everything, so definitely a Gryffindor. Yeah. But why does he hide away? <laughs> For the most chivalrous of reasons, because he believes his presence is hurting his family, and most of all, in an effort to misguidedly try to protect Mirabelle. Uh, so that Aww. is definitely Gryffindor. And by the end, he's literally the knight riding on a horse to save her. So what other house could you possibly put him in? Hufflepuff. Slytherin. <laughs> well, make your <laughs> arguments. Go ahead. Um, he chose a spot in the walls next to the kitchen. <laughs> Very and true. So, so that's my only argument for Hufflepuff. I have no argument for Slytherin. I just wanted to say something other than Gryffindor. <laughs> no, I you love Bruno. You don't really have a good reason, but if you did, you'd be like, ooh, that's ooh, a good reason. Yeah, we'd be like, oh, what a good reason. Just assume I have a good reason, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. And just react to it right now. <laughs> ooh, man, a good, good idea. Good thinking. 
odd, but so I do want to talk about the scene where he sets himself like a little uh, table placement. That's oh, yeah. so sad. So it breaks cute. my heart every time. I, um, I love Bruno. I'll Helpful take him stuff. in Gryffindor. Danny, did you say helpful stuff? Helpful stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Stuffs his face with all the food he can get from the kitchen, from the rats. I mean, not a lot of food. He's super skinny. He's basically a skeleton. So He's so friendly, he made friends with rats. That's true. He's very friendly. It's not hard to do. And those rats like went into the proposal dinner and stole his vision. Mm-hmm. They also put it together like a puzzle, and that was pretty impressive. For I'm rats. not really sure what the rat's motivation was. <laughs> That's <laughs> really, I think, the only thing I don't understand in the movie is like, why do the rats do that? I don't know. Well, I think it's funny. That's really uh, maybe Antonio told him to. Why would he do that? Maybe he heard the secret from Dolores and Camilo and everybody else that found out the secret before him. And he was like, oh, I want to see it for myself. So he told the rats to go get all the pieces and put it together under the table as a puzzle. And then he went and looked at it himself. But that didn't really, we didn't see it though. It happened in the background. We just didn't know. That's sick. We're assuming that happened. Yes. Okay. I don't know about that. We don't talk about Bruno. No, no, no. I just want to... Say a funny story. Justin claims Justin, Great. my fiance. Justin mm-hmm. claims that he uh, heard him. Does this it, podcast know you're, mar- you're getting married? I don't know. <laughs> now they do. Anyways, um, he claims that he has seen Encanto. He has not, by the way. Yeah, every time what? I watch, he's on his phone or he goes down to the basement. He refuses to watch his watch this movie. But then I tell him that we're sorting Encanto tonight, and he he starts singing the "We Don't Talk About Bruno" song, and it's it's so wrong. I don't even know how. I don't even know what he was thinking. I don't know. I have no idea how he came up with the. I can't even remember the lyrics, but they were not correct. And I was like, "Those are not the lyrics." So you have clearly not seen this movie, and this is proof because that is the most famous song from this movie. Has he also been living under a rock? Yeah, and the he's been living in a rock. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Sorry, I wanted to do that little side. That side story. That side yeah. piece. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> we can move on to Abuela. Okay. okay. So Abuela is the problem, guys. It's like that Taylor Swift song. Hi. She's the problem, it's, it's a, her. Yes. Hi. <laughs> it's Abuela. Abuela's the problem. It's Abuela. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, she sure puts a lot of pressure on the new gender generations mm-hmm. but she doesn't want to do anything to fix it herself Mm-mm. don't you think your grandchild not getting your direct grandchild not getting a magical power isn't like a huge red flag that you might want to like i don't know delve into it a little bit farther yeah abuela aside from her having triplets her entire village being burnt down and her husband dying and not to mention getting the miracle and spearheading an entire magical village abuela has become lazy in her old age <laughs> <laughs> Not wanting to take the time to figure out what's causing the magic to die. I think she encapsulates. Did I say that right? Encapsulates. In- encapsulates. Encapsulates all of the qualities of a Hufflepuff. It would not be this podcast if I did not mispronounce a word. Everybody. Very true. <laughs> very true. In the beginning, she's very hardworking for her family, managing an entire magical village. She she must have shown a lot of patience. I'm not sure. We're gonna assume that she did. But this is where we divert, guys. She is naive to think she wouldn't have to continue to put in the work to keep the miracle burning. Also, Hufflepuffs don't like dealing with problems. So when Bruno leaves, she's like, "Mm, okay, Bruno's gone. We don't talk about him now. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Bye, Bruno. (laughs) I think Abuela has a lot of loyalty, but I think it's she's very stubborn stubborn about it like only loyal to those who receive a magical power loyal to those who talk good things about the magic as soon as you bring a problem to her no longer loyal abuela redeems herself in the end though but gee she is kind of toxic through this movie i will say i don't like her too much until the very end i mean i'm sure do we all feel like that did you sort her Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Hufflepuff. Remember, she encapsulates <laughs> all of the Hufflepuff quality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I agree with this, and I feel like the the generational trauma that she's creating is, you know, the main. She's kind of the villain, even though she's not a bad person, like an evil person, right? No, she's not. 
she makes mistakes. Um, I think that they're fear driven, so it's kind of easy to to understand them. Although they're still, she's still, they're still mistakes, right? Yeah. But uh, she knows what it's like to like lose everything, and I think she's afraid of that ever happening to her or her family again, right? Yeah. So she's driven in a way by family, and and that's a very Hufflepuff trait. Yeah. Buela doesn't even have a gift, though. Is the thing. Well, she, she's in charge of all the magic of the family, but yeah. she has no gift. Which is she's probably not. why she just bosses everybody around to do their yeah. things to help her she's out. She's jelly. She's jelly. <laughs> yeah. She, she lives vicariously like, through everybody. Yeah, she doesn't like it when people deviate from their gift. Like, like calm down. Yeah. People can she, make cactuses or cacti instead of roses, abuela. It's not a yeah, good deal. Yeah, chill, chill the fuck out, abuela. I mean, I think that's that's actually what we need to say about Abuela. She just needs to chill the f out. She needs Take to get laid. Annex. She clearly hasn't been laid since Abuelo died, since the triplets, <laughs> and she needs to get laid. I like how I said take a Xanax, and Michelle, you're like, get laid. Just <laughs> <laughs> a lot of pent up sexual energy. You can tell. She yeah. got a tight butthole. Oh my god! Don't <laughs> keep that in. <laughs> But at least she does say. What do you um, do the podcast if I didn't say something scandalized, Amanda? <laughs> <laughs> but at least at Antonio's party, she's all she does, you know, chill a little bit and says that the drinks are strong. <laughs> she certainly loves a celebration. I'll give her that, which I think also is a Hufflepuff, right? She does love oh, a party, sure. absolutely. Yeah, she likes friends. She likes family. She likes celebrations. Hufflepuff. Raw power. It's All right, up next is Louisa. Not only is Louisa super strong, she has a super mind, so she's a Ravenclaw. Here are some times she showed off her super intelligence that goes along with her strength. Picking up six donkeys is much easier than hurting them. Throwing a boulder on her head, just randomly. She sings about flattening diamonds because those things are sharp, so better to be flat. Uh, using her hips to move big rocks. Just moving her butt around, moving her hips. Picking up a piano for her dad to play is easier than just putting it on the floor for him. Randomly holding big-ass boulders for absolutely no reason other than looking badass in her family photos. And most of all, pushing her feelings deep, 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 deep down is always a smart move. But last, I gotta give her credit for the creativity she displayed in surface pressure the lyrics, the dancing, the random acts of showing off her muscles, and of course, the unicorn donkeys. Pure Ravenclaw creativity material. Yeah, I love Louisa. I love her I love song. Her too. Oh my gosh, her song is so catchy. And I just love it in the movie, her dancing and everything. Yeah. I do feel like she has the weight on her shoulders of the magic of the family. You guys get what mm-hmm. I did there? The weight. Yeah. Of, yeah. Very clever. Nope. Thank didn't you. get it. Thank you I'm for all, explaining. I'm also Ravenclaw, guys. I'm also Anne Ravenclaw. <laughs> She's a strong one. She's not nervous. Yeah, I think uh I yeah, it's I was surprised that she was the middle sister. Um, because I related, I think, the most to Lisa hmm. and her son. Oh. You didn't relate to Isabella? No. <laughs> the oldest Isabella. I did not. Am I, did I did I relate to having to be the perfect princess? No. No. Okay. No, that's. that's I also related that's you. to. Um, <laughs> I'm not a perfect princess. I'm just perfect. You're the family goldfield. We all know it. I'm just not a princess. That's no. That's fine. I'm just saying. Well, Isabella me, also. I thought Louisa was the oldest and Isabella was the middle child. Um, and I and like I watched the movie thinking that and then later realized I had missed that line in the first song where she says that uh, Isabella's the oldest. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you kind of get it when Isabella's like, I have to, you know, marry this guy to help the family. And like, she felt like she had, she's the oldest of all of the grandkids. So. Not that we're even talking about her right now, but <laughs> no, 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 yeah, I know. So any, but anyway, I definitely related to Lisa, like, uh, you know, just 
kind of having to keep it together um, and shove those emotions way down deep. Yeah. That's depressing. <laughs> I feel like she struggled the most with it, though. Like, when we, you, you see Abuela's, like, reactions when the magic is starting to burn out. And I really feel like we see it most with Luisa and her reactions when she loses her you know, her strength and she goes off and cries and is just very, very distraught about it where you don't really see it too much with Isabella at first, but you do see it with Louisa at first. Yeah. She's very vulnerable when she starts losing her power. And it's also smart Ravenclaw to, you know, talk to your sister about that kind of thing. So she, when Mirabelle asked, she finally let go a little bit and calmed down and was able to confide in her. So that was good. Yeah. yeah. But I like her. Yeah, I really like character. Yeah, so it's nice to have like a strong woman character in Disney movies. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Disney, she's smart too. Disney definitely knocked it out of the park with this movie. For sure. Oh yeah. Loved it. All right. I am sorting uh Isabella. Uh and it is not easy to make a joke out of Isabella's sorting. Uh it's a real tough one. And I know this sounds like the setup to a joke, but it's actually not. I, I honestly couldn't think of a way to make it funny. Because for most of the movie, we don't even really know who Isabella is. She may not even know who she is, you know, herself deep down. She spent, like, her whole life being as perfect as possible for her family and trying to exceed the lofty expectations of Abuela. Uh, she appears to be a rule follower, very serious, like, you know, responsible and reliable, kind of stuck up, you know, stick up her ass or whatever. And uh, so she seems to naturally fit into, you know, classic stick up your ass Ravenclaw for those reasons. Um, but, you know, by the end of the movie, Mirabelle has helped her to let her guard down and let the real Isabella peek out from that perfect image. And so it kind of turns out, I guess she loves variety, not just those pretty flowers, but like a uh, prickly cactus too. Uh, she loves color. She loves expressing herself. Um, with all of the colors and, f- and different plants and everything. She doesn't even mind getting dirty, which you wouldn't guess in the beginning of the film, but she seems actually kind of relish um, getting a little dirty with the plants. Uh, so for that burst of creative energy, it also put her into Ravenclaw, you know, for showing that creativity and like actually showing that she can bend the rules a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe that's where she belongs either way, whether she's buttoned up or imperfect or she's like letting loose. Um, or maybe she'll keep discovering things about herself and her story will change, but for right now, uh, I say Ravenclaw. Okay. I like the creativity, for sure. I love watching her character development as Mirabelle kind of, like, breaks her down a little bit. Um, I like the, I do like the, the, um, the scene with them, with that song. Yeah, that's a good yeah, song. Yeah, that's a good a great one. Song. Yeah. yeah. I guess I think in that she's... aspect, I can see how she's the oldest when especially since her and Mirabelle don't really have a good relationship to start off with and her and Louisa seem to have a better relationship not that that's what happened with you and Mimi (laughs) (laughs) not what I was trying to get at (laughs) just closer in age you know yeah we wouldn't be friends if we weren't sisters I get it (laughs) I do like Isabella she's pretty yeah i like her too at first in the movie it's kind of like oh gosh she's she's that character where she's perfect um she's kind of mean but really deep down you know that she just hates having to be perfect she it's kind of it's similar to louisa where everything she does she does for the family even getting engaged to a guy she doesn't want to be with and always having to make flowers instead of you know carnivorous plants which she makes around mirabelle and then she uses her magic to block off mirabelle and things like that so it's kind of like there's a whole other person in there like you were saying but i do agree that probably ravenclaw she knew what she was supposed to do and she she followed those rules and the ideal perfect first (laughs) child yeah stereotype she she does seem mean you're right she seems mean but if you like think about it after you learn more about her character I mean, Mirabelle is kind of, like, being annoying, right? Oh, yeah. Like she is kind of, like, <laughs> ruining, like, in, in for as Isabella's mind, ruining what should be pretty easy. Um, and so I you can totally understand why she gets so annoyed with her, if you think about it from that perspective. She's like, I am, she's sacrificing her own happiness to do what Abuela thinks is best for the family. And there's Mirabelle, like, 
just mucking it up and it's like it's already hard enough for her as it is so you kind of like can understand her attitude i think when you learn more about her for sure yeah yeah, yeah she's kind of complex yeah she's not like the typical disney beautiful princessy type she has more she has down. that yeah she has that hardcore side of her like, that we don't see till the end but i love to see it yeah deep down she's a great gal deep (laughs) deep down (laughs) it actually didn't take too much to bring it out i mean maribel was just trying to give her a hug bring it in bring it in (laughs) hug it out (laughs) all righty up next we have me we're sorting mirabelle so this girl is a hardcore Gryffindor and I refuse to put her in any other house. She's staying in mine, <laughs> bitches. <laughs> okay. Fine. Brave, kind, courageous, a little bit risky, the chosen one, and a whole lot of heart. And no, I'm not describing myself. I know you guys assume that. <laughs> I am describing me, Mirabelle. She decides to take this miracle magic burning stuff that's happening into her own hands. She creates a whole bunch of chaos, forms new bonds like with her sister and with her and with Bruno, and is the one who was needed all along to save the magic. Does this sound familiar? Yes. No. Me. (laughs) We're talking about me. (laughs) I'm kidding. (laughs) No, we're talking about Harry, obviously. Also, no challenge is too great for Mirabelle. Because I can tell you right now, I would not climb those stairs in Bruno's room to save my family. <laughs> she did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Damn. I do like what she's like, we're a fucking magical family. We can't build an elevator or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, the house, like, no, your room sucks. <laughs> the house can't help her in Bruno's room. Your room so, is yeah. the worst. She also says, Screw you, Abuela, you're the problem. And then in true Gryffindor fashion, runs off and cries so she can be sought after. And then she saves the day. Sounds like a Gryffindor all the way. Yeah, a whiny, impetuous, annoying, uh, (laughs) world-saving Gryffindor. And we're talking about me still, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Amanda, it's pretty close. It's very close. To be fair, when she tells Abuela to suck it, you're wrong, you're the problem, she does try to get catch the candle before the house falls. She does. And yeah. then she runs away. So, to, what did you say? To to cry? To cry, yep. And then, yeah. well, you know, she wants to be sought to be, after. To be sought, sought after. after. That's <laughs> it, yeah. She wants to be chased. <laughs> yeah. I was also going to mention the stairs because that seems very funny, and I agree. Too many stairs. <laughs> I mean, she she does it with a smile on her face, just is singing along. Singing a song. Those- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they never show how she gets back over that like canyon. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. It's not a canyon, but you she actually it. dies in the rest of the movie. Is just you know made up in her uh, mind. Oh, I love it when they do that with movies. Yeah. <laughs> I love Mirabelle. She's in denial, but you know, it's fine. She's definitely in denial. Yeah. I do think she's a little bit like, since I didn't get a magical power, I, this is how I'm going to prove my worth to this family. A little bit manipulative, which could also be a Gryffindor trait. <laughs> I mean, it's more Slytherin, but you know, whatever. Gryffindors can be manipulative. Worked out for her, and she did prove her worth, so. Um, I do want to say that Casita, we aren't sorting Casita, but if we were, I would Casita? say Casita. The, the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Casita uh, is a Slytherin, and only because of the dick move of not giving Mirabelle a room. Yeah, what they the were just fuck, like, Casita? You can just stay in this nursery. <laughs> I don't understand that part. Like, Casita is always, like, trying to save everybody, making sure nobody, you know, dies in, as the house falls and everything. But, like, they couldn't give Mirabelle a room of her own. I know. I'm blaming the house. Definitely the I, house. Yeah, absolutely. The house is so <laughs> I think that would be enough for me to just be like, oh, I don't matter. I... I the rest of the family is more fantastical because I have I don't have my own room. 
and everybody else has all these magical rooms. I don't need the gift. I just need my own room. Is how I feel. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, if things had continued on as they were, it would have just been like she's in the nursery. Isabella and Mariano's children end up in the nursery, and she's just she's chilling there when she's like forty or whatever. Yeah. Like. <laughs> At least that's what it seemed like was going to happen, right? It really so. did. Yeah, it really did. I also feel like everybody else in the family could have been like, hey, you can like hang out in my room. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems weird. That part. Just like give her a closet. I don't know. Give her something. Give her a cupboard under the stairs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, exactly. at least give her that. Come on. At least give her a cupboard under some stairs. All right. Well, I think our sortings are really good and everybody that's listening agrees with me. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have everybody's favorite segment the magical mashup magical mashup today we will be doing a parody of we don't talk about bruno but of course it will be called we don't talk about voldy here we go we don't talk about voldy no 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 we don't talk about voldy but it was all hollows eve it was all hollows eve where he was sleeping and there were no dark marks in the sky no dark marks alive in the sky Goldie flew in with a slithering grin dun dun is you and your baby gonna die harry potter is the chosen one Voldy says this is my reign how did he find us then james potter was quickly slain will you turn magic love green and unbreakable chain then she was gone too soon we don't talk about foldy no 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 we don't talk about foldy no no space snakes along his back if you're in his face you'll beat a guinea snack yeah he reads your mind always two steps behind hey we don't talk about foldy no 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 we don't talk about foldy he found a basilisk the next day, death. No, no. He told me he'd split his soul to avoid his last breath. No, no. We don't talk about Voldy. No, no, no. no, no. no. We, we don't, don't talk, talk about, about Voldy. <laughs> oh my God. I think it's amazing. Let's keep it. <laughs> All right. We did it. We did it. <laughs> We did it in one take and one cut. Uh-huh. <laughs> no practice necessary for these ladies. Don't try to tell us otherwise. <laughs> What's your favorite part about the parody? Mine is you'll be in a Guinea's snack. Yeah, that's a good if one. You're I in like that. Space, you did a good job with this, Danny. In a snack. Thank you. I like no no space. Oh, I also like that because I felt like I had to have no no's in there somewhere. Yeah, I like the no no space part. No, no. Oh, I also I, like... I enjoyed that. Harry Potter is the chosen one. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was fun. I love I singing fun. about Voldy. You did thanks, great, Amanda. Oh, thanks. You, you guys did great too. Thanks. Thanks. We're awesome. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have. Dude, where's my broom? Besides, you don't even know how to fly. What an idiot. And this is a segment where I was BYing, brooming under the influence. Oh, and you're I have no where I am. I don't know where I am. And I need my sister to come get me. I'm going to spend tell them some things I see, see if they can figure out where I am. Is it your house? You're safe you there, Danny. You're safe. Yes. Is it your mom's house? <laughs> <laughs> No. All oh, right. Good. I see rough stone walls. Oh, um, Ireland. Uh, oh, yeah, Ireland. Nope, not Ireland. I but... see skulls. I see skulls. Um, oh. skull skulls. Skull yeah, like Island. Yeah, is it Skull Island? <laughs> no, it isn't Skull Island. Is it Borgen right. and Burks? It is not Borgen and Burks. Is it Burks and Borgens? It is not Burks and Borgens. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I see the wizard's chest on the small table. The wizard's a wi- chest? A wizard's yeah, chest. I, I see a wizard's chest. Not a chest. Oh, wizard's chest. <laughs> Did I say chest? No, I think we just misheard you. <laughs> I meant chess. Oh. Wizard's chest on, the ta- on a small table. Yes. Oh. 
Is it Madam Hooch's house? <laughs> no. Okay. Is it that place they go to in Sorcerer's Stone to play Wizard's Chess? <laughs> they no. go somewhere to play Wizard's Chess? Oh. Oh, in the, what, in the in the dungeons? Or yes, is it the dungeon? A, you know, that's a great idea, but no. Um, there's a there's lots of button tufted <laughs> black chairs. Oh, Malfoy Manor. No. Oh, damn. <laughs> I button see greenish lamps on chains. Greenish lamps on chains. The Forbidden uh, Forest. The Department of Mysteries. No and no. I see a portrait of Professor Slughorn. Oh, shit. Is it Professor Slughorn's house? <laughs> is it his office? No. That would be what... Is it that house that he was staying? Is the house he was staying that wasn't his house? They was hiding it? No. Um, <laughs> I see tapestries with serpents and snakes pictured on them. Is it the Southern Common Room? It is. Ding, ding, oh. ding, ding. You just got it. You win on the very yeah. last clue. Woo! Wow, we suck. I'm just gonna sit by this fire because you guys are clearly too drunk to come get me. Yeah, we cannot come get you. We could not figure that out. You gave shitty clues. Ooh. I was trying to keep it very vague. I guess I could have put green in for the tufted chairs as well. You definitely kept it vague. Good job. You're welcome. I mean, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> thank I you did. for keeping it vague, dude. Thank you. It's time to spill that Veritaserum. The time has come for answers. Have you brought the Veritaserum? I have a question that I thought right. of myself while we're doing this podcast. Okay. Cool. Um, if you were to have a magical power, like in Encanto, and I am saying you cannot talk to animals because we all clearly said we want to talk to animals, so we're eliminating that one. What would you want? I'd want to talk to butts. Talk to butts? Yeah, I'd want to be able to talk to booties. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That's a dumb power. Wow. You're a dumb, dumb power. power. <laughs> and how is that gonna help the family me? Uh it's not, it's just for pure fun. Um thick booties. Random These powers are just so random, other than like strength and I guess shape shifting a little bit. So I guess if I just had some random power, I would want it to be being able to breathe underwater. Ew, why? <laughs> I don't know. Water kind of scares me a little bit. So I feel like just knowing that if I had to, I could breathe underwater if I needed to. That's that would a, be helpful because I weird. could go down and find some coral or fishes. I don't my, know. My this answer, was a random question. <laughs> Mine's answer, a random answer. <laughs> legitimately, I would like to talk to booties, but if I can't have that, I would like to... Um, Never die, but also if I want to die, decide my moment of death. Okay, Mish just got deep. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I want to be immortal up to a point because I feel like in these stories with these powers, you're like, I don't, I don't want to uh, die, and then it's like you're cursed to never die. So I want to uh, be immortal until I choose not to be. Oh, but when if on like in a whim, like emotionally, you're like, mm, okay, let's die. Like when it, that's kind of. I don't know. I could do that Scary. right now, and I've never done it, so I think I'll be okay. Okay. <laughs> I have a question about the Good. power, though. Is it, like, yeah. a moment, like, okay, I could die right now and be fine, or is it, like, you would have to, like, literally, like, no, kill choose, yourself? I'm like, this is the moment of, well, yeah, yeah okay. Like, how I would think, you... I think, like, I would prefer to be, like, I've decided I will die now, and then I do it, but if, like, I have to, like, actually physically kill myself to get the power, I'd take it. Yeah, okay. I want to change but mine. Booties first. Booties first. I want to change mine. I want to be a mermaid. So you want to breathe underwater? Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want it to be the same it's power, true. except I'm a mermaid. Oh, okay. Mine. Mine were also very similar powers. <laughs> yeah, yours definitely were. Talking to what booties are... and being immortal. But I want to be able to have legs and come out of the water as well. Oh yeah. So you want to breathe underwater? <laughs> You want to, you want the ability to breathe underwater and also breathe in the air. Got it. You want a retractable want to, tail, I guess. Change my mind. I also want to be a donkey unicorn. Great, I love that. I love that for you. I so love we have that for you. Donkey unicorn. We have mermaid. We have 
breathing in and out of water. We have <laughs> talking to I want to breathe out of water. That's a great basically point. a frog. <laughs> we have talking to butts and we have being immortal. Yeah. I also just want to be an animagus and be a cat like <laughs> Professor McGonagall. And she an animagus. She wants to be able to turn into a cat who can breathe underwater or <laughs> out of water and also has a retractable mermaid tail. Yes. Oh and a donkey unicorn also. I literally just want to fly. <laughs> I want to oh, be able to boring. fly. Boring. Boring. That's not Maybe even one of the things in Encanto. That's not random. None of these are things in Encanto. Uh, you can't talk to booties in Encanto. No, I'm sorry. I mean, like, the ones in Encanto are very random, and flying is not a random superpower. That's true, man. How You're is being strong enough. a random superpower? Okay, that <laughs> one's not. I said other than that one. In the <laughs> shape-shifting, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I prefaced my statement <laughs> Yeah, how is seeing the future a, not a, like a random power? That's How is Trelawney? being immortal a random Except she's power. really bad at her power. Her gift is not good. <laughs> yeah, Bruno and Trelawney would get along really well, I think. Oh, for sure. Hey, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our Encanto episode. And also that you didn't stop listening because we didn't record for like a year or whatever. Uh, don't forget to like us, raise five stars, subscribe, share, comment, or whatever else you want to do to keep us going. Any words of encouragement would probably get us to record more frequently. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram at sloppy.sorting.hat, Twitter at sloppysorting, and on Facebook. Uh, also check out our TikTok, uh, where we have been dubbed the whitest girls ever, <laughs> at sloppy sorting hat for some special sloppy stuff. Send us questions and suggestions. Well, you know, just let us know you're listening. Until next time, stay sloppy. How do you help a family miracle? You hug your sister. Oh, um, see you in a year, guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>